Hey, everybody. It's the Charlie Kirk Show. Super Bowl reaction. Also a call to action to hold certain senators accountable. Why I'm actually thrilled a rhino is running for the Senate in Maryland and more. Email us, as always, freedom at charliekirk.com. Subscribe to our podcast. Open up your podcast app and type in Charlie Kirk Show. Get involved with Turning Point USA at tpusa.com. That's tpusa.com. Sorry, high school or college chapter today at tpusa.com. Become a member. Go to members.charliekirk.com. That's members.charliekirk.com. And as always, you can email us as freedom at charliekirk.com. Buckle up, everybody. Here we go. Charlie, what you've done is incredible here. Maybe Charlie Kirk is on the college campus. I want you to know we are lucky to have Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk's running the White House, folks. I want to thank Charlie. He's an incredible guy. His spirit, his love of this country. He's done an amazing job building one of the most powerful youth organizations ever created, Turning Point USA. We will not embrace the ideas that have destroyed countries, destroyed lives, and we are going to fight for freedom on campuses across the country. That's why we are here. Noble Gold Investments is the official gold sponsor of The Charlie Kirk Show a company that specializes in gold IRAs and physical delivery of precious metals. Learn how you could protect your wealth with Noble Gold Investments at noblegoldinvestments.com. That is noblegoldinvestments.com. It's where I buy all of my gold. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com. I want to talk about the Super Bowl. Let's get the bad stuff out of the way. We will hammer this black national anthem. It is an insult to our country, our traditions, our customs that there was a black national anthem and a regular national anthem. It's how DEI has marched into the institutions of the National Football League. There was some woke stuff here or there, but to be perfectly honest, you know, I watched very carefully, and some of you might say, oh, Charlie, the Super Bowl is a waste of time. No, no, it's interesting because the Super Bowl is almost like a temperature check. The Super Bowl mirrors the culture. The Super Bowl doesn't necessarily lead the culture. The Super Bowl is kind of a mirror. There's symmetry between where the culture is and what you see in front of 120, 130 million people. What's the final count? How many people watch the Super Bowl? I bet it's the most watched Super Bowl of all time. My guess is 120, 130 million. And so you see these Super Bowl ads. You see the Super Bowl halftime show. You get a little bit of a sense of where's the country at? Now, in past years, specifically the 2020 Super Bowl, the 2021 Super Bowl in particular, the 2022 Super Bowl, the 2023 Super Bowl, almost every other ad had these nauseating Black Lives Matter, trans rights or human rights, pride flag. And there was a little bit of that, of course, but there was a noticeable change. There was almost a dodging effect on behalf of corporate America. There was almost the big brands They know that there's finally a price to pay. That's not to say that every ad was perfect. There there were some ads that just made you just like, what was that? In fact, the most liberal, the wokiest ad of them all was the green family funded Hobby Lobby supported He Gets Us advertisement, which is an allegedly a Christian outreach thing. And we'll talk about that. We've been speaking out against that for the last year. Noble mission, poorly executed. But I found it really interesting, and we'll get into whether or not the Super Bowl is rigged because we're getting tons of emails. Charlie, the Super Bowl is rigged. I'm not exactly a believer in that. Football of all the sports is the hardest sport to rig. So you're going to have to, you're going to have to sell me on that. We'll put that aside. It was promising. It was promising in the sense that the revolution seems to be stalled. If the revolution was really picking up steam, 
You would have Disney unapologetically having kids with gay pride flags. If the revolution was really picking up steam, you would have every single major brand embracing the core ethos and anthem of the current woke regime. Now, again, the fact that there was a black national anthem was outrageous and quite honestly reprehensible to the country's traditions and patterns, uh, to traditions and history. We should not have two national anthems, to be clear. There is one national anthem, the Star Spangled Banner, that there's a DEI anthem, and then we have to have the regular, the normal national anthem. It's just ridiculous. So I'll grant you that one. But let's look at this Disney advertisement. This is the Walt Disney advertisement. They went as lukewarm as you possibly could. They went as lukewarm and kind of, honestly kind of boring. In years past, this would be a competition of who could have the wokiest advertisement. And I'll even go a step further. If you watch the very careful eye, there was almost a, dare I say, bring me back to how things were, make America great again, cultural subtext. Now, you might think I'm reaching a little bit too much. You might think that I'm grasping at straws, but hear me out. Almost every other ad prominently featured a musical artist, a actor or an actress that was famous 10 or 20 years ago. Whether it be Jennifer Aniston from Friends or Lil Wayne or Wicked, the movie trailer, there was almost a constant drumbeat that nostalgia sells. Well, if you were to philosophically capture the political power of Donald Trump's candidacy, it's nostalgia. Let's go back to the country we used to have. And I found it to be an interesting contrast. At the beginning, you have this black national anthem that most people didn't even stand for, nor should you stand for the black national anthem. And then you have the actual anthem. And then the advertisements were like, hey, here's this person that you used to listen to growing up. In fact, the Super Bowl halftime show, which I wanted to hate. I thought part of it was a little weird, like put your shirt back on, dude, uh, Usher. But quite honestly, it was impressive. He did a good job. Uh, judging on the kind of spectrum of Super Bowl nonsense, it was rather, let's just say, mild. But even the Super Bowl halftime show were people that were very popular 20 years ago. Is it possible that technology and modernity, things are changing so quickly that the population and the advertising experts probably see this, which is why different brands and different approaches were all going towards the same theme of how things used to be. So two of the major takeaways is number one, no one wanted to become the next Bud Light. They did not want in front of the largest audience imaginable with a very strong Midwest core that was watching very closely Kansas City Chiefs. They did not want to screw up. The advertising agencies and the major blue chip companies entered this Super Bowl with a first do no harm approach. Here's Disney's ad. Think about it. Disney, they could have had kids walking through the streets with their trans flags. They could have had Pride Forever or BLM Revolution. This feels like a Disney ad from 1996. Play cut 20.
Uh, it's basically, it was just somebody playing piano and a bunch of words on the screen. That's about it. Could not have been more neutral. If you were sitting in the Disney ad, and it was quotes from all the classics, if you were sitting in the Disney ad meeting, somebody, Bob Iger must have said, I want the most boring Super Bowl ad possible, guys. We're getting hit by all these right-wing boycotts, and we don't want another Bud Light. We don't want lawsuits. We don't want more investigations. I want the most boring 1996 ad. And if you think it's boring, I don't even want any words being spoken. Now, mind you, Bob Iger is going to have some sort of lawsuit from the American Association of the Blind because they couldn't understand the ad. I'm half kidding. And it was as down the middle as you can. Do you think that was really what the Disney ethos was three years ago? No. And I could show you example after example after example. The Super Bowl is a little silly at times. It's the bread and circus type thing. At the same time, it's a very accurate and powerful picture as to where the culture is. It would be one thing if every commercial was talking about a brave new world and embracing the trans agenda and micro trips in our brains. But no, in some ways, it was a cry for help. In some ways, the Super Bowl narrative via the advertisements was a, can we go back to how things used to be? Because the world we're living in is not that great. And we miss the country where we didn't talk about race all the time. And our kids didn't have their genitals being chopped off. Can we go back to that? That was the story, the untold story of the 58th Super Bowl via the commercials. After a long day, no one wants to spend an hour in the kitchen making dinner. Well, how about quick and easy barbecue? No, not takeout. I'm talking juicy steaks, succulent chicken or fish, and healthy grilled veggies cooked on your own Solaire infrared gas grill. Solaire grills are the hot, fast grills that heat up to 1,000 degrees in just three minutes, even in the dead of winter. And that heat locks in juices and flavors and grills your food faster. A veteran-owned, multi-generational family business, each Solaire grill is made in America out of quality commercial-grade stainless steel. It may be the last grill you'll ever need to buy. It's an incredible product. Visit besthotgrill.com. That is besthotgrill.com for their free guide on how to choose the right infrared grill for apartment balconies to backyard entertainment areas. That is besthotgrill.com. With a hot, fast, Solaire infrared gas grill, you'll want to grill every day. Get your free guide at besthotgrill.com. That is besthotgrill.com. Yeah, okay, Super Bowl champion. He's, you know, dating Taylor Swift. Good luck with that. I mean, but this is this is inexcusable, unacceptable, and he's joking around about it. No player should ever do this. He should have been benched for the entire game. It's cut 18. This is Travis Kelsey acting like a maniac, shoving Andy Reid. Play cut 18 here. Let's just watch this. The fumble he comes over to Andy. He goes, keep me in. What happened is on the fumble, he was not in the game. Noah Gray went in, and he had to block. All right, that, that's way too much spike protein. Travis Kelsey's really fired up. What a great spokesperson for Pfizer. He starts shoving 65-year-old men nearly to the ground. Bless your heart, Travis Kelsey. Bless your heart. So some people are saying, oh, is the uh, Super Bowl rigged? Hey, look here. No. 
do you really I'm really supposed to believe that Brock Purdy is in on it now it depends on what you mean do you really think the referees are also calling shots I mean I will say the sport that is the easiest to rig is the National Basketball Association is the NBA just through ticky tack fouls superstar calls that is the easiest of all the sports to to quote unquote rig but the NFL with 22 people on the field in four second intervals with such chance and luck and field goals. They also called very, very few penalties yesterday. Now I will say this, that it did feel as if you're just watching. You're like, oh my goodness, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And they just keep on showing the Taylor Swift box, the Taylor Swift box. Like It, it just, it felt very, I don't want to say it felt scripted, but if you were to believe things were scripted, it would kind of play out that way. However, and, and there's all these people, all these creepy guys next to Taylor. I'm not going to get into any of that, okay? I will say that the larger takeaway that I think is important is that it didn't feel as if the cultural revolution was making headway. It felt as if the cultural revolution was in a holding pattern. I'm not saying it's dead. There were little signs of life. But it was not in your face. It wasn't nauseating. And that is a testament to you in this audience. Those of you that have participated in these boycotts of Target. Those of you that have pushed back. This is a positive data point. I expected when it started with this BLM DEI national anthem, which we shouldn't even call it the national anthem. We should just call it the BLM song. Because there, there's only one national anthem. There's only one national anthem. And it feels like we pushed back against all this nonsense back into the hellhole from which it came, at least for now. You look at these major brands. Let's just take a couple off the top of my head that I remember that had some advertisements. Uber Eats. You have Disney. Bud Light, any one of them could have decided to further lean in to this revolution. And those loud voices in the HR department were just kind of cast aside. And eh, now we're not going to do that. This is a major, this is significant, everybody. If Rush Limbaugh used to do this, to his credit. And by the way, if any of you say don't talk about football, Rush used to talk about football a lot more than I talk about football. He would do an hour-long shows. Rush used to look at the cultural indicators that might lead to political outcomes, victory, loss, success. If I was a commissar in the cultural revolution, if I was a DEI director and I watched that Super Bowl, I would have I would have been a little demoralized because this was far less representation of Viva la Revolution that you're used to. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Did I see a single ad with a gay pride flag? Maybe one or two. I think I saw some lesbian girls kissing or something on a Volkswagen ad. Maybe. The fact I'm grasping and grappling for it. The Super Bowl is a mirror of the current culture. It's a temperature check. And it is an indicator that there is a growing majority of the country that is center-right, that wants a country that no longer exists, but wants that country back. And I will repeat what I said earlier. 
You have Joe Biden and he is the status quo. The Democrat Party, everything's fine. But the Super Bowl cultural narrative tells you a different story. It tells you a story of tens of millions, if not over 100 million people that want a country back. I certainly do. Hey, everybody, Charlie Kirk here. It's the month of love. And that gets us all thinking about one thing, bacon. Everyone loves bacon and they really love free bacon, which means you're going to love getting free bacon for a year from Good Ranchers, the number one American meat delivery company. Subscribe to any of their 100% American meat boxes and they'll add a pound and a half of apple wood smoked bacon to your order for free. Not once, not twice, but every order for the year. This is expertly smoked heritage prime slices of the best 100% American bacon you've ever had. Good Ranches sources all the pork and every other cut they sell from local farms and ranches in the in America, meaning you can trust every bite for you and your family. Simply go to GoodRanchers.com, pick your box, use my code Charlie, and enjoy $240 of free bacon. Stock your fridge with easy-to-prepare, delicious American meat all year long. Fall in love with beef, chicken, seafood, especially bacon all over again by subscribing at GoodRanchers.com. Make sure to subscribe today and use promo code Charlie. To claim $240 in free bacon, that's GoodRanchers.com. American meat delivered. GoodRanchers.com. That is GoodRanchers.com. Keep the pressure on, by the way. I'm told by a special source that Roger Wicker is very nervous. The source texted me. Keep up the pressure. Roger Wicker is up in a couple months. Mississippi is a ruby red state. He needs to feel the heat. He, he is feeling the heat today. Everybody needs to call him. Roger Wicker, we're going to put up his number as well. They have taken advantage of Republican primary voters for so long. This is the Mitch McConnell playbook. The Mitch McConnell playbook is win in these comfortable red states, but don't actually govern in a conservative way. Don't govern to represent Republican voters. Don't actually put the country first. And by the way, not to mention, we're borrowing $2 trillion a year. We just have another couple hundred billion to throw around for Ukraine. What is the total figure that we've spent on aid to Ukraine. Can somebody come on this program and tell me the exact number? Where has it gone? Where is the forensic audit? And why the urgency and the rapidity and the the obsession for a foreign nation? What does success look like? And if you say the liberation of Crimea, you're a lunatic. If you say that success looks like the liberation of Crimea, you should be nowhere near elected office. Is Ukraine thriving? How many Ukrainians have died? Who is responsible for that? Yes, Vladimir Putin invaded Ukraine. Who made the war last longer than it needed to? Why did Joe Biden send Tony Blinken via Boris Johnson to obliterate a peace deal? The American government involved itself in the destruction of a peace deal. News reports talk about Ukraine running out of manpower. What happens when they run out? Are we going to send manpower? Is Roger Wicker. How about this? Tough guy Mark Wayne Mullen can go fight in Ukraine. Real tough guy. Yeah, he could beat me up. 100%, obviously. He votes like a coward. And the people of Oklahoma deserve a lot better. Let's get those phone numbers up again. There's no more hiding anymore. This movement is now up in the open. It's no more where you just have a couple cable television shows and a couple radio programs and you sell out your voters. And there's a newspaper article and people forget. We don't forget anymore. The movement has changed. We got Bannon, Benny Johnson, Jack Posobiec. Vivek Ramaswamy, Donald Trump Jr. We have a whole new communication platform that did not exist five or 10 years ago. We have Real America's Voice, Salem Radio News. We have podcasting. We have all this whole new ecosystem. And these senators don't realize it. They think, oh, you know, Ukraine's the most important thing ever. Slava Ukraina. We're not going to do that. And by the way, 
We won't be successful at every single corner, but we will be successful. And let it be the warning to you, Mark Wayne Mullen. You might end and suffer the fate of Liz Cheney. That's how fired up the base is over this. So be very careful. Mike Gallagher, gone. You cross this threshold. And Roger Wicker in Mississippi, the only thing that would save Roger Wicker is a Trump endorsement. That's the only thing that would save it. And I certainly hope he doesn't do that. So call these numbers to Mark Wayne Mullen. Ask the questions. If we're able to peel off two or three Republican senators, we can kill this thing. The gloves are off. They can't answer a single question about this. They just call you a Putin puppet. You must be polite when you call. And I'm going to repeat the point I made earlier. Our voice is ascendant. Our voice is growing. We had Senator Mike Lee on the program. We had Senator Tuberville on the program. Senator Vance on the program. Senator Hawley speaking out. Senator Rand Paul is speaking out. And this is not like a 50-50 issue. This is a 95-5 issue amongst Republican primary voters. And they're just sticking two middle fingers to you and saying, huh, we're going to go take a CODEL, which is a taxpayer-funded congressional delegation overseas with pallets of metaphorical cash to the Munich Security Conference to go hang out with Zelensky and the fellow pimp oligarchs of the Ukrainian government, spending our money that we don't even have, by the way. We don't. We're a debtor nation, and our priority is this abstraction of a war abroad with no offsets, no spending cuts. Putting the Israel thing aside, I support the Israel money. That's not the point here. The Israel money is a small shred of what we're talking about here, and that's warranted, and that's fine. The Ukraine thing is a disaster. The Ukraine thing is inexcusable, and our border is still completely and totally wide open. Senator Wicker, Senator Rounds, and Mark Wayne Mullen is at the top of my list because Mark Wayne Mullen likes to play both sides. He makes it seem like he's this big grassroots warrior, and he's from the reddest of red states. You got to call these numbers. By the way, uh, just someone says that their uh, phone lines are over capacity. Good. Write down the number. Call throughout the day. And if Mark Wayne Mullen decides to actually represent his voters, he'll be welcome to come to this program and be like, whoa, I felt the heat. Good. That's the way that a representative government should act. If he or Mike Rounds or Wicker decides to vote against their voters, there will be consequences. Just ask Liz Cheney. I want to get this B-roll up here. This is from uh, Steve Bannon's War Room. This is a footage of what's happening on the border. Not a single woman or child. We're going to get this up on screen. It Literally, this video is thousands of just men on the border. Now, maybe they segregated them based on sex. Maybe that's why it's so dramatic. Or maybe not. I mean, excited to meet your new neighbors. Look at that. Every single one of them is a fighting age male. I've been trying to warn people about this. You're being invaded. Every single one of them. Oh, but no, we're focused on Ukraine. All right, so let's let's get in the trenches, everybody. This is this is not done. So th- this will not pass without a cost to the people responsible. And, and by the way, Mike Gallagher, the soy boy from northern Wisconsin, he's not running for anything. We sent out the warning. We sent out the salvo. All of a sudden he says, oh, I'm, I'm not running for re-election. Get out of the way. By the way, there's two Mike Gallagher's. There's an amazing Mike Gallagher, and then there's a wimpy Mike Gallagher. Mike Gallagher on Salem Radio Network is a great American. Mike Gallagher from northern Wisconsin, he's future Boeing co- subcontractor, bought by the defense industrial complex. He's, he's he, oh, I, I, don't want to, I don't want to endorse or I don't want to impeach Mayorkas because uh, I want a nice position on Raytheon's board. Hasta la vista, Mike Gallagher. So Mark Wayne Mullen, let's just focus on this guy. I've never met the guy. 
you know, he play he LARPs, live action role plays. He's a real tough guy. You know, he was a UFC fighter in his fa- in his past, so he's pretty tough, but doesn't vote tough. But he's got a chance for redemption here. Mark Wayne Mullen votes because he doesn't care about the invasion on the southern border. Mark Wayne Mullen does not represent the people of Oklahoma currently. It can change. But Mark Wayne Mullen thought he could hide. Oh, I can I can vote for this stuff and you know, no one's going to notice. It's important we got to put the pressure on the right targets. The right targets. And if you look at the list, so you have Mark Wayne Mullen from Oklahoma. And it's interesting. I, there's there's a couple different lists here of people that have voted for this. The final list here, an unusual session held on Sunday, the Sunday Super Bowl, the vote garnered support from the final of these. And again, this is the final roll call. There's a couple different roll calls here. So we have Mark Wayne Mullen, Mitt Romney, Waste the Time. The other one that I want to focus on here, because you gotta you gotta choose your targets. You got to choose your targets precisely. Who else should we choose? Mike Rounds from South Dakota. Perfect. This is an ambitious guy. He's from a deep red state. When is he up? So Mike Rounds is another one. Why are these red state senators so obsessed with spending your money and sending it overseas? What is that all about? There must be a political cost to this. And Mark Wayne Mullen, he has a chance to redeem himself. Mike Rounds is gallivanting around. Oh, Mitch McConnell is the leader. He's terrific. We're going to primary each and every one of you. And by the way, buckle up. Turning Point Action is gaining steam. Mark Mike Rounds is up next cycle. If all of a sudden Turning Point Action on a ragtag budget, if we draft a good candidate and we visit multiple times and we bring out the big voice to the conservative movement to go primary Mark, Mike Rounds in South Dakota, he will lose. He's unpopular with the base. We get enough support. Doesn't matter how much DC money you put in there, Mike Rounds or Mark Wayne Mullen. You guys have taken advantage. I, if you kind of look at, and I, I give Chuck Grassley a pass. It's fine. He, there, there, there's some of these that are not wor- worth your time. John Cornyn, Chuck Grassley, not worth your time. Too popular, too much money, too big of a state. If you look at where you can make the biggest impact, the reddest state. So you could have a super bloody primary and whoever wins, they're going to win the general. So the, the, the race is the primary and they take advantage of their voters. Mark Wayne Mullen is one of them. And that smooth-talking Southerner, Kennedy from Louisiana, who's always got jokes, but he sells out his voters. The kind of fascination with Senator Kennedy from Louisiana has always bothered me. Oh, he's so funny. Yeah, he's funny. And then he sends money to Ukraine. Get out of the way. So the two that I want to focus on, can we get the, can we get the phone numbers of uh, Mark Wayne Mullen? Let's, let's, let's just, everyone, I don't care if you live in Tulsa or if you live in Tallahassee. This is going to be a national effort. We all should call Mark Wayne Mullen's office and say, who do you think you are? Be polite. Don't swear. Be direct. And especially if you live in Oklahoma, say, why are you selling out the people of this great state? What are you doing? Why do you lie to us? Can we have the phone number up there, please? There must be a political cost for selling out your voters. We're not just going to sit idly by. Mike Gallagher, we sent out one salvo last week, Bannon and all this, and you, I don't want to run anymore. Senator Lankford, we're already taking care of him. He's done. He's he's already getting puff pieces in the New York Times. But Mark Wayne Mullen, you might be next, my friend. The people from the deep state of Oklahoma, deep red state of Oklahoma, they're not going to put up with this. I'm fascinated by red state senator psychology. People ask, Charlie, who would you interview if you could interview anybody? 
Would you interview the Pope? Would you interview Putin? Putin would be interesting, but I think Tucker did. A, I think Tucker did an excellent job. That's another topic for another time. I would love to interview Elon. Elon would be the exception, but largely the Putin, Putin or the Pope, I would have some idea what they were going to say with some certainty or some accuracy. Elon, I have some questions that I would love some answers to. I want in a non-scripted way, in a very almost like clinical fashion, I want to sit down with Senator Lankford, Senator Mike Rounds from South Dakota, not in a gotcha way. And I really want to understand the psychology of what motivates these people. Because it's easy to say, oh, they're bought and paid for. And we're going to get into this with Senator Vance because he's been talking about this. And, but it is, it is flummoxing to me. We have no border. The country's absolutely collapsing. And these red state senators, mind you, red state senators that go out of their way to pander because they want to be treated well at the Munich Security Conference. Now, mind you, if you're from a blue state, I I, I don't treat you the same way. And I actually, I'm going to get some big hate mail. People are going to hate me for saying this. But it's true. And I'm consistent about this. This is why I've never on this program attacked Susan Collins. Ever. In fact, I've done the opposite. I've praised Susan Collins. The fact that we get a Republican senator in the state of Maine, she can vote liberal all the time, and she gives us a Senate majority and gave us Kavanaugh and Amy Coney Barrett and Gorsuch. Great. Good for you, Susan Collins. Which is why I'm going to get some big hate mail for this. I was actually thrilled to see that one of my least favorite Republicans is running for the Senate in Maryland, Larry Hogan. To be perfectly clear, we have no chance of winning the Maryland Senate race unless it's Larry Hogan. Larry Hogan is a blowhard. He is like a Mitt Romney. But Larry Hogan would caucus with Republicans. Larry Hogan would give us better judges. And it would be a chance for us to cement political power to stop the Cultural Revolution. And some people say, oh, we must stop Larry Hogan and all this. Maryland is a ridiculously deep blue state. He's a former governor. I don't like the guy at all. But if Larry Hogan's going to go to the Senate and caucus with Republicans, wouldn't that be helpful in trying to slow down them trying to abolish the Electoral College and bring in a national popular vote and make D.C. and Puerto Rico a state? He's on the record saying no D.C. statehood, no Puerto Rico statehood, good judges, good justices, and he'll just be so disappointing at times. Make no mistake. He'll be Mitt Romney on steroids. But it'd be better than an Elizabeth Warren coming out of Maryland. So if Larry Hogan were to be a senator, which I hope he does, by the way, I hope he does, because you have to have some pragmatism in politics. You have a chance to all of a sudden make Chuck Schumer spend money in Maryland. That's a diversionary of tactics that I think is excellent. We need to think more like that. I think it's excellent. I'm glad he's running. But I'm not talking about the, the metropolitan Republicans. I'm talking about people that represent and run in the reddest parts of the country. I'm talking about people that represent Wyoming, South Dakota, Kansas, North Dakota, Nebraska, Tennessee. And I'm fascinated by the psychology. I I, I want a full like psychological workup of what makes them tick. Because it certainly isn't what their voters want. Their voters do not want more money to Ukraine. Their voters do want funding for Israel. Totally get that. That's looped into there. Fair, fine. That's popular with the base. They don't want just more ridiculous humanitarian aid going overseas with no strings attached. But the continuation 
what's happening in Ukraine, while we have so many problems here, it's it it will require decades from now, historians are just going to be like, it's going to be so fascinating to see why the U.S. Senate, representing the reddest parts of the country, kept on sending money overseas while their homeland was deteriorating. Where is the money going? Do we have an audit? And I just, I have to wonder, is the inner dialogue, monologue in Senator Lankford, for example, I just think he hates you. And I know that sounds like a cop-out, but I think he has contempt for you and he's at war with you and he doesn't care what you think. He just wants a good seat at the Munich Security Conference next to the NATO minister. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Email us as always, freedom at charliekirk.com. Thanks so much for listening and God bless. For more on many of these stories and news you can trust, go to charliekirk.com.